Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your snackable daily podcast for your pop culture fix. Hi, I'm Laura Brunick and I'm Mamma Mia's entertainment editor. And I'm Ki Reese. I work at Social Squad, which is Mamma Mia's internal social media agency. And this is actually my Friday today because I'm not here tomorrow. Bit of a shout out to our OG spiller, my boyfriend, Charlie. He turns 30 this weekend. So happy birthday, Chuckaroo. Happy birthday, Charlie. He is the OG spiller. He's listened to us since the beginning. He gives us great feedback. <laughs> what a fan. Well, in today's deep dive, we chat about Meghan Markle's latest move that has people mad yet again. But let's start off with the entertainment news headlines of today. <laughs> What's the hot gossip? I want more headlines. Laura, why is everyone talking about Nicole Kidman's kids today? It's a bit of a tongue twister to start off with. So Isabella Cruz, who is the oldest daughter of Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise at 27, just shared a selfie to her Instagram today. It was nothing too exciting. It was just a mirror selfie. And she put a bit of a caption about what glitters is filters. So it's not so much the photo. It's the fact that she's notoriously private. And whenever anything comes up about either of Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's kids, kids, it automatically makes headlines. So why this is kind of interesting is that Nicole Kidman never really says too much about her relationship with her kids, but we do know that they chose to live with Tom Cruise after their divorce. There's been lots of talk, the fact that they're both very staunch Scientologists, which Nicole Kidman has also commented on. And she said in the past that if she wants to have any kind of relationship with them, she can't say anything public about their relationship. And we also know that Ella Cruz was married a few years ago. Neither of her famous parents attended. So now this one little selfie has been posted to her account. It's been splashed across every news site in the world. All right, on to the first good Bachelor spoiler that we've had finally. Yes, so as we've been saying on this podcast many times this season, and a lot of fans have picked up on, there's a lot of drama and a lot of name calling, a lot of shenanigans going on in the Bachelor Mansion this season, and not a lot of love and romance, which is what a few people allegedly turn in for. So um, one of the kind of favorites this season, Irina, posted a photo to her Instagram account this week and it was showing her in a glittery black gown ready for one of the cocktail parties but buried deep down the comments a commenter said I hope we get to see more love story and less of the drama I have stopped watching for now to which Irina replied the love story is coming soon I promise with a little emoji smiley face with lots of love hearts so everyone thinks that it's her that's what they're alluding to the fact that she's a favorite that this big love story is finally going to emerge and that Lockie the Bachelor is still with this girl he's allegedly fallen in love with on the show. I love it when they just mess up and accidentally give away a big spoiler because at the end it's very clear that he's fallen in love with two of them. So it makes sense. Like even if she doesn't win, there's still a true love story. Exactly. So maybe the tables are about to turn. 
Moving on to a profile piece on actress Kate Winslet, which was in the True Hollywood Reporter. She was doing a virtual interview from her countryside home in Sussex, and it was all for the lead up of her new movie's release called Ammonite, in which she stars opposite Sir Shah, I knew I was going to mess it up, Ronan. <laughs> I've often heard your reputation discussed in the Geographical Society in London. Is there something you wanted, sir? A wife. She hasn't been at all well of late. She suffers from melancholia. I want her to walk the shoreline with you, learn from you. I'm not looking for an apprentice. I would pay a premium for a private audience. So I really liked this interview and we don't have a long time to get into it, but I thought it was quite great at the start. They kind of touched on the fact that she starred in Contagion, that really famous movie a few years back, and that how for her research and that role, she embedded herself with the CDC epidemiologists. And so she really knew about how to prepare for a plague so that even before COVID really made its mark and people were taking it seriously, she said that she had been walking around with masks on for ages, wiping everything down with alcohol, much like you, Laura Brodnick. So I just imagine like playing that character and then it happening in real life would have been so crazy to live through. And I also loved how this is the first kind of real look we've gotten to Ammonite, um, their new movie, which is making its big world premiere September 11th at the Toronto Film Festival, or virtual, of course, because all the headlines are around today about the fact that Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan are starring in this sexy new movie as sexy lovers and that it's going to make Carol, which is the other kind of big award show contender movie with a lesbian love story with Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. They said it's going to make Carol seem tame, which I thought was quite interesting because Carol's a very tame movie, but people think it's very racy just because it's two women. But I loved how Kate Winslet talked about here about how she and Saoirse got to choreograph all the sex scenes themselves. And then she said that because she hadn't been working for so long, it was difficult to get back into. And this is my favorite quote, I think, from anyone in an interview ever she's like you know sex scenes it's not like eating a sandwich (laughs) she's like you know it takes a bit of work and then she just said they got to choreograph this amazing sex scene between them and they're really excited for people to see it now i am excited to see this movie up next we deep dive into Meghan markle's latest move that has people a little bit mad Well, yesterday afternoon, I was just scrolling through Instagram, as you do, and then I was stopped in my tracks by, I think, the pairing of 2020 that I just didn't see coming and also live for. It was a short video, just under two minutes long, featuring Meghan Markle in her new California backyard, sitting across from Gloria Steinem. So Gloria is an American journalist and social political activist who really became the leader, the spokesperson, and largely the face of the American feminist movement in the late 60s and 70s. So she's a bona fide icon. Here is the audio. Welcome home. I'm so glad that you're home. Me too, for so many reasons. People forget how hard women like you and so many others before you fought for us to just be where we are right now. If you don't vote, you don't exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it is the only place where we're all equal, the voting booth. You know, what worries me the most are young people who I understand are the least likely to vote. And yet it's more important for them to vote than anyone else because they're going to be alive long after I am. 
So as I mentioned, it was a short preview of their discussion and they touched on a lot of really important subjects like the importance of representation, votings and women's rights. And it was all done in partnership with Makers Women in honour of Women's Equality Day. So Makers is a media company dedicated to promoting gender equality. And then the full Q&A dropped overnight, which we'll get into later. But the thing that everyone was talking about yesterday, before we had all the context and all of the very important messaging that we should definitely take seriously and not hone in on slight slights to the royal family, was the fact that at the beginning of the audio, you hear Gloria Steinem say, I'm so glad you're home. To which Meghan Markle answers, so am I for many reasons. Laura Brodnick, did you fall off your office chair when you listened to that audio yesterday? I mean, falling off an office chair is a bit of an overreaction even for a dramatic person like me. But I knew that as soon as I heard that one line, I knew that's what all the commentators and the public would pick up on because, you know, it's even the inflection of her voice for so many reasons. And I think that's part of this whole narrative that's been framed around the fact that Harry and Meghan made this great escape to LA and they've set up this new kind of home in, in their new big mansion and kind of are having this moment to breathe away from her family. And now that they're starting to step back into the public eye in such a kind of substantial way almost I think there's also the fact that she's chosen this as her kind of really big first public introduction being back in America is very telling about where she wants their brand to go yeah I think aligning herself with someone like Gloria Steinem means that you know she's really making it known that she wants to be taken seriously but also it it doesn't completely come off because I think the tabloid will just keep following her around and I was thinking like I know this is like a terrible comparison it's like how Angelina Jolie went from like you know blood vials around the neck and kissing her brother on a red carpet to being like I've adopted a child and I'm working with the UN but like she made sure that she just kept aligning herself with the right organizations to then be taken seriously in the end so I feel like this is kind of Meghan Markle Michael's first step into aligning herself with the right types of people and organisations in order to become... Do you think that's a bit of a stretch? No, I just didn't expect um, Angelina Jolie to be your comparison choice there, but I do see what you're getting at. But it's interesting. There is so many like amazing things that they talk about, the power of women and voting and, and how that's going to affect the future in this interview. And it's interesting that's come hot on the heels of Meghan Markle's latest, I guess, controversy. You know, I feel tired even saying that because she's really aligning herself in the political campaigns in the US at the moment, not with either political party, which technically, I mean, it's hard to say because they're no longer working royals, but one of the big rules for the royal family is that they can't align themselves with a particular political party. They have to remain impartial in that sense. And so one of Meghan Markle's kind of first forays into this area is that um, this week she participated in a live event, which was part of this organisation called When We All Vote. And she didn't say which party to vote for or anything like that. She just encouraged American women in particular to make sure that they had their voice heard in the forthcoming U.S. election and that they, you know, that they were enrolled to vote and they made an educated choice. That's all she said. And now there's all these headlines around how she's disrespected the royal family and how she's broken the rules again and how she's trying to push her agenda onto the U.S. public after running away to the U.K. to marry a prince. And, like, obviously some of it's ridiculous. Like, you know, you've got TV presenter Piers Morgan who's calling for her and Harry to be stripped of their royal titles. Obviously, that's an overreaction. But there is a lot of public sentiment here that she has really overstepped, which 
I guess is not surprising considering the the vitriol that follows her everywhere. But interesting enough too, it's something the Queen herself has done. Like back in 2003, she gave an interview where she said she was really disappointed with how many people turned out for the Welsh elections, I think it was, and said like it's really important that for our political process to work that you all vote. And everyone thought she was amazing for saying that. And now that Meghan Markle said the same thing, she deserves to have her title stripped. Yeah, I know. It's just her. She's just polarising. People just want to hate her no matter what she does. She could run the most perfect campaign and still get sledged for it. But I think that what actually does trip her up is that she does have these like thinly veiled digs at what's happened because in the same week that she did that amazing virtual panel that you were just talking about, she also shared why she'll be voting in November with Marie Claire. And I won't read you the whole thing. Like, it's very great. She references um, a New Zealand suffragette, Kate Shepard, and it's like her and Harry's, like, favourite saying or whatever about every vote counts, one drop of water nourishes the barren land or whatever. But she opens with, I know what it's like to have a voice and I also know what it's like to feel voiceless. Like, you know that people are looking at your words so closely and I know she obviously wants to be real and authentic. So on one hand, I'm like commending her, but at the same time, it's like maybe don't allude to things that have happened because that ends up being the headline that everyone runs with right because I was so excited about what her and Gloria Steinem spoke about they're speaking about representation and Kamala Harris's nomination for VP and how excited they are they're talking about voter suppression again and Gloria Steinem's just like just talking about it means people will be aware of it and these lines that they have to line up for for eight hours you know they'll feel empowered knowing that people are trying to keep them down but still overcome it but the headline that everyone's running with is the stupid headline about, you know, her saying for many reasons and it just gets overshadowed. So it's almost like I want her to take the high road a little bit more and be less authentic so that we can take the work that she's doing more seriously and it doesn't get kind of lost in the headlines of the media. I wonder if some part of her knows she has to give a little bit of intrigue in some ways in order for her point to kind of get media attention because she's made a really, I mean, her more so than Harry at the moment has made a really conscious effort to step back into the spotlight. I mean, they left the UK for a number of reasons, I know, but one of the reasons they've been really vocal about is the fact that the paparazzi and media culture was so intense there they couldn't live their normal lives. So they've now moved to the other paparazzi media culture hotspot of the world and they're speaking at events and the other day they were part of a charity which obviously is lovely work of them to be handing out items to you know young parents and stuff in need but they did choose to do that in full view of the paparazzi and also with a charity I think it was Baby to Baby which is the most heavily celeb aligned charity in LA you know like every starlet every Hollywood actress yeah, it's not the Red Cross a, no exactly like that's a celeb charity their whole focus is on having events where you have all these famous people together giving out items to people. So I don't know, I thought that was a very targeted choice for her to be part of that. And also now that she's, you know, really wanting to step back into the spotlight in a way that still makes her, like, I I honestly believe that she believes what she's saying. Like, she's very on this social justice path, but I think it's a very targeted strike to launch herself back into the public eye. Well, we've got to talk about a Harry Archie reference because it wouldn't be an interview without a little, hey, I'm married to Harriet and we have the cutest son (laughs) in the world. And, of course, she spoke to Gloria about Harry's views on feminism, saying when Gloria and Meghan came together at Harry and Meghan's house, she said, I love when he just came in and said, you know that I'm a feminist too, right, Gloria? It's very important for me that you know that. And Meghan then said that she looks at 
her son, Archie, and what a beautiful example that he gets to grow up with with a father who's so comfortable owning that as part of his self-identification. So we got what we needed out of that interview. We got some good messaging that's empowering. We got a little swipe at the royal family, and then we got some Harry and Archie time, and that's all we needed. Yes, exactly. What more could you ask for? And if you would like to look at the full interview, we will make sure to link it in our show notes. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. We hope you've had an amazing week so far. If you want to get in touch with us, remember that you can shoot us an email at thespill at mamamia.com.au. Give us some feedback. Give us some critique. Anything. Just say hi. This episode of The Spill was produced by Rachel Hart. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Bye.